Hello and welcome to Big Regan Browns pregame week six here on Sunday, October the 18th, 2020. It is Steelers week, which for the first time in a long time in the city of Cleveland actually means something to us because the Browns sit at 4-1. They sit right behind the 4-0 Steelers in the AFC North, tied with the Baltimore Ravens, who are also at 4-1. So with this week's episode, we're going to get back into last week's win over the Colts which, again, I want to thank Joe from uh, Cleveland Me Podcast for coming on. Big Colts fan. Uh, we had a great time that Thursday night doing that uh, pregame show. So I want to say thanks again, Joe. I'm going to have you on again later on in the year, obviously, with some other stuff. But this it was a lot of fun last Thursday. So just going back into what went down last Sunday. It was really a tale of two halves for our Browns. As in the first half, the offense was dominant and Baker Mayfield was outstanding. They ran the football well, even without Nick Chubb. Baker had a great first half throwing the football. He threw a lot in the first half, which I wasn't a fan of, but he was accurate. And he threw two touchdown passes and didn't turn the ball over. Odell and Jarvis made some big catches to keep drives alive. Austin Hooper was a big part of a couple of drives. Harrison Bryant as well has been great, the rookie. And David Njoku started stepping up his game. But that was the first half. The second half belonged to the defense. The Browns went down and scored in their first drive coming out of the second half, and then Ronnie Harrison took a pick six from Phillip Rivers to the distance, and the Browns had a big lead. They gave some of it back, as they have done the last few weeks, but when they needed it, the Browns got stops. They won by nine points, and here's the, the truth right out the gate. The Browns' defense scored nine points in the second half last week. You had the... Pick six from Ronnie Harrison, and then there was the forced intentional grounding in the end zone by Miles Garrett on Phillip Rivers. Let's start with Miles last week. He's making his case for Defensive Player of the Year already. He has been outstanding. Leads a league in sacks, quarterback pressures, forced fumbles. I mean, the guy has been an absolute monster coming off the end, which is what the Browns missed after the first Pittsburgh game last year through the end of the year. They didn't have the pass rush to give the defense time to get stops or to contain more uh, dynamic players like Lamar Jackson. Because if you remember, they beat the Ravens in week four last year uh, with Miles. So, as I said, the first half was story of the offense. Baker throwing the ball a lot, but very proficient. Wide receivers making big plays. The running game chipping in as much as it could. The tight end's coming up big. Second half was all about the defense until Dearness Johnson's big run toward the end of the game, which set up a Cody Parkey field goal, which sealed it with just a couple of minutes left. So that brought the Browns to 4-1 for the first time since 1994 when Bill Belichick was the head coach. 26 years it's been since the Cleveland Browns have been 4-1 going into Week 5. Or into their... Um, into their sixth game, excuse me. So now it's Steelers week. And the big stigma this year is, oh, the Miles Garrett thing and Big Ben is back. This is a different Steelers team. They're 4-0. They've beaten the Giants, the Eagles. Who else? The Bengals. I think the teams that the Steelers have played are combined like 3-15. and Now, yes, the Browns, the teams the Browns have played are 6-9, and but going into last week, the Indianapolis Colts were one of the top-ranked defenses, and the Browns put up over 30 points again. 
So, listen, this is a different animal that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to play. But I want to give you a history lesson first. And if he ends up watching this at some point in time, my buddy Nick out from Ohio, who we've had on the podcast before, and who I've referenced several times this season, gave me this little piece of Browns history. The last win in Pittsburgh was on October the 5th, 2003. 16 straight losses for the Cleveland Browns in the city of Pittsburgh. It was a Sunday night primetime game. It was a rematch of a wild card game from the year before where Pittsburgh came back to win at Heinz Field. The QBs in that game. I'm scratching my head because I can't believe these names that I'm getting out of this one. The QBs in that game were Tommy Maddox and Tim Couch. The coaches were Butch Davis and Bill Cower. That was the last time the Browns won in Pittsburgh. That following April, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Ben Roethlisberger at number 11, and five picks earlier, the Cleveland Browns took Kellen Winslow Jr. at uh, number 6. You could have had a kid born and raised and went to college in Ohio to be your superstar quarterback, and you took Kellen Winslow. (sighs) But today's a new day, and this game is a new game because, listen, the injury issues we thought we were going to have, Baker's going to play, Odell's going to play, Jarvis is going to play. You know, we have some injuries on the defense that we have to take care of, but I think this is a winnable game for the Cleveland Browns. And I will start at the top. Control the line of scrimmage. That has been my absolute biggest message of every Browns game so far this year. When the Browns have controlled the line of scrimmage, they are borderline unbeatable because of how dominant that offensive line can be. Baker stays uh, clean with one exception that was a big hit last week that caused the rib injury. But the bottom line is this. If they can keep Baker clean, the Browns can win this game. Excuse me. The offenses that the Pittsburgh Steelers have faced so far are not nearly on the level of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is They have not faced an offense that can run the football this way. They have not faced an offense that has dynamic weapons like the Browns have. So this is going to be a test for each team because this is also pro- one of the better defenses that the, uh, the Browns are going to face. Listen, last week proved a lot to me with these guys. Um, last week, beating that top-ranked defense meant a lot to me because I'm a big pers- believer in if you beat somebody and you beat their strength, giving historical references to that. The Super Bowl where New England beat St. Louis. The Rams receivers did not have any free release off the line. They beat on them, they took the timing away, and the greatest show on turf was nullified. You go to, um, even in college, you go to games like uh, the 2015 Sugar Bowl, Ohio State against Alabama. Bama was a team that stopped the run every time they had a chance. Zeke went for 230 yards, or 220 yards, something like that. So you have, when you can stop a team's strength and you can outplay it, I think you can win that game pretty easily. Yeah, here's who the Bronco, the, the uh, Steelers have played. 
The Giants, who haven't won a game. The Broncos, who've won one game. The Texans, who have won one game. And the Eagles, who have won one game. And now they got the Browns. So the Steelers haven't been tested, which could be good or could be bad. Watching a lot of the um, pundits and the talking heads talk this week about what's been what this game would mean. Brandon Marshall had on uh, first things first on Fox had a great a uh, great analogy. He said the only thing that the Steelers aren't doing right now is the deep ball. Well, they haven't faced a secondary with a shutdown corner like Devin, like uh, Denzel Ward, who can take away. He's going to take Juju away. The kid took A.B. away a couple years ago in his rookie year. Um, He's going to take Juju away. It's just going to happen. So now Claypool, who's been phenomenal, a four-touchdown game last week, they're going to have to make sure he's not a factor. The rejuvenated Eric Ebron at tight end. The Steelers have a good amount of talent on both sides of the ball. With uh, T.J. Watt, excuse me, on the other side, uh, rushing the passer. It's a great defensive line. So the Browns' uh, offensive line is going to have to protect very well this week. But the key to the game, like I said, every week so far is winning the line of scrimmage. And with the Browns, they have to be able to run the football. Dearness Johnson has been great. Kareem Hunt has been Kareem Hunt, both catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball uh, in those sets. Baker's got to make good decisions. He's got to stay clean. The line is going to be tested, especially Jedrick Wills, who is playing left tackle for only the sixth time in his pro career. Let's go to the other side of the ball, and let's go to what the Browns' defense can bring that can hurt what the Steelers have been trying to do. The Steelers have yet to face an elite pass rusher. I'd say the Browns have that in spades in Miles Garrett. The interior defensive line with Sheldon Richardson has also been great. Ogunjobi's been hurt. So we have to see where that goes. Olivier Vernon had played very well last week, taking up a lot of uh, attention on the other side to let Miles get free at times. Wyatt Davis isn't there. Who has played, actually, according to PFF, better than Miles Garrett. I don't think it's possible, but that's what PFF says. The weak link in the Browns' defense is their linebacking core, which is getting healthier every week. Mac Wilson's getting better. Taki Taki's getting better, and their safeties. Sendejo has been ribbon, ridden so hard on Twitter because it seems that every time something bad happens, he's right there. So look for Pittsburgh, in my opinion, take advantage of that. Run stuff over the middle. Have Ebron running seam routes to where you have to force one of the fa- safeties to cover him. Ronnie Harrison's out for the concussion. Sendejo... Yeah, Sheldrick Redwine are both going to be there. They've got to step up their game. For the Browns to win for the first time in 16 years in Pittsburgh, the Browns have got to step up their game on defense to a level they haven't gone to yet this year. They've made plays when they had to. Now they're going to, have to make plays for 60 minutes. This Steelers team is not going to let up, and especially with the rivalry, especially a year after Miles Garrett beat on uh, Mason Rudolph with the helmet. All the stuff that goes into that. This is a Browns-Steelers game like we haven't seen in many, many years. There is actual hate in this game. Maybe not as much as people or like fans like me or the media is saying about because Mason Rudolph isn't playing. Miles Garrett is not that player that he was painted to be. 
And Big Ben is Big Ben. The key to that, got to hit him. You got to hit him. You got to knock him off his spot. You got to make Big Ben throw the ball before he wants to and let this defense that has taken the ball away more than any defense in, the, in football do its job. The matchups on the outside on both sides are going to be key. The matchups on the outside for the Browns on offense and the Steelers on defense, this is the most talented wide receiver duo that they are going, the Steelers are going to face all year in Jarvis and Odell. When you throw in Hooper, Bryant, Njoku, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and the where-have-you-been Richard Higgins, the Browns have a potent offense that the Steelers haven't even been around yet. With the teams I said they beat, I don't see how people are picking Pittsburgh to win this game. When I did the schedule earlier in the year, I had them losing. I had the Browns losing this game. I'll do my prediction at the end. So as goes the Browns offensive line, so goes the Cleveland Browns. If they can run the football and the offensive line can dominate, this is going to be the kind of game Pittsburgh does not want to get into because it's the kind of game Pittsburgh played when Ben was a young quarterback. Run the football, kill time of possession, throw the ball when you need to, make plays, but don't give the game away. That is how Ben Roethlisberger was handled his first three or four years. That is how I think Kevin Stefanski has handled Baker Mayfield up to this point. And I'll be honest with you, I love it. Play complimentary football. Baker is who Baker is. Let him play his game. And his game at both Texas Tech and at Oklahoma was lots of play. When he was great, lots of play action, lots of moving the pocket, hitting guys that are wide open. And he can, hitting guys that are open, but he can throw into tight windows when he's on the move. The other place I think the Browns need to win this game is in the red zone, where they've been very, very good so far this year. But having those big targets like Hooper and Bryant and Njoku, they have to take advantage of this. The Steelers' weakness on defense, in my opinion, is their second level. So if you can exploit that, especially in the red zone, you can put points on the board. If they get inside the 20, they can't kick field goals. They can't because they they got a new home run hitter in this Claypool kid. Juju is a very talented receiver, although he's not a number one, in my opinion. Um, hi, Tom. <laughs> I know you're a sports fan, but I appreciate you watching. Um, that was a comment on Facebook from a member of the family. So going back into this, if the Browns can take advantage of as... Game day has, uh, not game day, countdown has uh, their Brown Steelers preview going on right now. If the Browns can take advantage of the weaknesses in the second level that the Steelers, I think, have, that haven't been exploited as of yet, they can win this game. They have to run the ball. I mean, I've been pounding this. They need to pound the rock. The Browns need to pound the rock or else they're not going to get, or else they're not going to get this game and they need this game. If the Browns can win this game and go to 5-1 and one for the first time in forever, this sets up a rest of the season that could very well end with the Browns being on top of this division and being in the playoffs. So, keys to the game. 
the lines, both defensive and offensive. The Browns can dictate. The Browns can win this game. Quarterback. Baker needs to not turn the ball over. He needs to play smart like he did last week until the second half. On the outside, Jarvis and Odell need to take advantage of the fact that those corners have ne- have not faced a, du- a duo like this. Joe Hayden's getting older. If you had to put him in a foot race, he's not catching either Odell or Jarvis. In the middle, the tight ends need to be possession guys today. You need to keep that offense off the field. Because for the first time in a long time, I think Pittsburgh's offense is better than their defense. Last thing, you need to stop the run. James Conner's averaging nearly five yards a carry. They need to stop the run. Make Ben one-dimensional, and I don't think with this group of receivers, he can beat you. They're actually showing the 2002 wildcard round right now on, on ESPN, and now they're showing all the... 16 consecutive losses in Pittsburgh. Oh. So it's prediction time. Because I like to keep this to about 20 minutes. And I got a couple things to go into after this. As I said, when I did my Brown schedule reveal, I had this as a loss in the city of Pittsburgh. I am changing my tune. And I have the Browns winning this game 24-21. to Because now Cody Parkey can hit field goals, and it's something the Browns haven't had in a while. So there it is, Big Recon's prediction. 24-21 Cleveland uh, in a tough, physical, backyard brawl of a game. And that means the Cleveland Browns would go to 5-1, which is something I don't think anyone saw at all. Not even me, I didn't have 4-2 here. So, coming up tomorrow night, 9 p.m. on both YouTube and Facebook Live, the 2020 World Series Breakdown with myself, Tone, and Alex from, from Cardboards and Cracker Jacks, and Alex from Row 7, and a special guest host. I'm not giving that one away. Next weekend, we start the Double Dip Big Weekend Weekend. <laughs> that rhymed. Uh, we start the Double Dip Big Weekend Weekend. On Saturday morning, when it is finally here, the Big Ten has returned, and the boys in Scarlet and Gray will take on Nebraska in their opener at the Horseshoe. Which, by the way, there will be a cardboard cutout of me at the Horseshoe as I purchased it earlier this week. I went and picked up the one from City Field yesterday. It's pretty cool. So, as always, Big Recon can be found here on both YouTube Big Recon on Sports, and Facebook, Big Recon on Sports. As a proud member of the TimeSkew Podcast Network on TimeSkew.com, on Anchor, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, on Twitter, at Big Recon on Sport, and on Instagram, at Big Recon on, uh, Big Recon on Sports. Just to recap, win the line of scrimmage, run the football, pressure Ben, win the game. Browns 24-21 over Pittsburgh today. I think I'm getting a nice little treat that they're actually going to be on CBS here in New York at 1 o'clock. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we get to watch the Browns today. I will see you tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. We will preview the 2020 World Series, and then we get into Buckeye football and, of course, the Browns again next weekend. Go dogs! Have a good Sunday.